Hey, hello, hello, hello. We are here for our uh, podcast number 17 uh, via quarantine sec uh, again, like last week. Almost legal. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Lockdown version. And, and uh, ignore him now. We will get to him soon. But uh, he is our special guest today. But before I introduce him, uh, let me introduce you to our, our always, always reliable co-host, uh, James McKeown. Uh, Hello, everybody. Good to be here from my bedroom, not from the GT Channel Studios like you are, Sam. Yeah, that's right. My uh, this is my virtual background. I actually went through the trouble of making this thing. It was uh, it looks nice, doesn't it? It looks fantastic. It Thank looks you. much better than Taro's. I'll say that. Very professional. Well, Taro, yeah, oh. Taro's, uh, the car is nice, but you know, you guys, you guys can get a little more creative with your backgrounds. So anyways, this is, this is my uh, garage. What are you talking about, guys? Oh, ooh, nice, nice car. <laughs> <laughs> so James uh, McKeown is uh, famed for his No Breaking podcast, which is uh, usually on every, almost every week. But these days, uh, James, with this uh, lockdown, how, how often are you getting those things out? Uh, it's gone on hiatus till the end of the lockdown because I, rather than... Because you like need doing, guests, right? Yeah, well, to, I like, uh, I like the, imper- uh, the in-person interview. So I think that's what makes mine stand out more unique. Yeah, so absolutely. with obviously being the, the lockdown laws that we have in place, it makes it a little bit challenging to do things in person, even with social distancing and all that. So it'll be back stronger than ever once this uh, all clears up, which is hopefully obviously sooner rather than later. Wow. Looking forward to that. And then Taro, uh, he is the president of GT Channel, the man hey, who hey. produces this podcast uh, and usually a live cast, but it's we've been having technical difficulties with this uh, Zoom thing going live cast. But uh, so Taro, what you what have you been uh, up to uh, during the lockdown the last gosh, well, month we, and a half, but the last couple of weeks uh, since we th- last talked to you? Yeah, well, we, we shot a bunch of stuff before the lockdown. So we're just getting some of that stuff out. Um, and, you know, uh, hopefully we can get uh, pod speed out live. Uh, for our next show there are a couple things we have to solve but uh, they're they're coming along great well we would we won't talk about the whole uh, you know the lockdown or the virus on this because we want this show to be uplifting and you know provide uh, some smiles and uh, you know to and a little escape to our viewers but uh, let's see what I've I've been uh, keeping up on my chapters Uh, I've been uploading uh, chapters of a new uh, little project I I'm doing. Uh, it was a uh, originally a screenplay that I wrote with Paul Sorvino of Goodfellas fame, and uh, you know it's been sitting around and we never really shopped it around. And I thought, hey, you know, during the lockdown, people have some time on their hands. Those who read, like sh- our guest here, uh, can go to my blog and uh, uh, check out. Uh, right now, I got four, uh, 13 chapters up, and I think I'll get another two up sometime tomorrow. I know James McKeown has been a diligent reader, and I'm very, 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 very um, happy about that. Thank you, James. No, I've been very much enjoying it, although it definitely does need more paperwork. Okay, we got the paperwork. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, Taro, why don't you go ahead and yeah. let's, uh, we, we will uh, uh, talk to our guests first, and then we'll get back into our, you know, scoops and our, uh, our, our car evaluations, but. Uh, Taro, go it. ahead, take yeah. it away, the guy rubbing his belly over there. Yeah, all right, so we have uh, Mr. Sean Morris. He's uh, currently the, the director, uh, one, of, one of the directors, or the director of Top Rank uh, International Vehicle Imports. How are you doing, Sean? I am good. I'm good, thank you. Um, just uh, same as everybody else in, uh, in a lockdown, uh, you know, and, uh, but other than that, I mean, everything is relatively normal. I mean, my, my, my job, a lot of what I do anyway is all online. So, I, and oddly enough, our salesperson actually worked remote for 
shit, two or three years. Oh, we didn't let's even keep, have let, a, let, let's keep it a let's keep it a children friendly show here, uh, Sean. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I I was a, I was a sailor, you know, I was in the Navy. That's for right, six you years. were a Navy. Kind of, yeah, it, Navy. It, it, it it kind of flows out of me without even uh without even realizing. I'm sorry. So. He's a, he's among friends, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. We've known I'm, we've little, known, I'm, I'm gonna be a little bit loosey goosey. So yeah. yeah. We've known Sean for I mean, I, I think I've known you for about Close to 20 years now. Close to 20, yeah. Right? When, Sean, I've known you for close to 20 or? Well, close to 20. Yeah, it's around yeah, 20 years because us, I, yeah. I, I first started talking. I know Sam back in, back, back around 99. So oh. 99, 2000. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's 20 years, 20, 20, 21 years. So. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah, well, and I remember yeah. meeting Sean back in the Motor X days when we were, uh, you know, selling the best motoring stuff yeah. and, uh, Tommy, Tommy Kyra. Kyra, Tommy Kyra stuff that we did with you back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and Spoon. Um, so, hey, um, so you're with Top Rank now, obviously. Um, how did you get started with Top Rank? I mean, Top Rank is a Japanese company now, right? And, and you're, you guys are here now in the U.S. Right. Well, actually, so when the R32 GTR turned 25 years old in 2014, that was what was really the catalyst for me to get more involved with um, – uh, vehicle importation and uh, um, with the 25 year old cars. And so I actually had my own company, which is International Vehicle Importers. That's that's me. Um, and, you know, I was importing cars and doing stuff like that. And then um, Yaska, who, you know, from that was also at um, MotorX Motor in a roundabout side. way, you know, he was the export side of, of MotorX. Um, you know, he wanted to import some cars and I was selling some cars for him and he was representing top rank from Japan here in the U S. So I was selling some of top ranks cars. Um, and then convenient for me was that he had a hangar at the airport in Long Beach and, you know, my family business was out in Ontario and that's where we had the cars. And, you know, I, I live in Long Beach, so it's, it's, it was kind of a bit of a commute, a little bit of a pain, a little bit of a hassle. So you know, he had the hangar over here. And, and I mean, honestly, the hangar is uh, right down the street from where I live. Like, like I only drive on the street to get there. Mm -hmm. And as far as LA in a normal commute, you know, if you get to just drive on the street to, to be where you work. So we, we eventually worked out a deal that worked well for um, both of us, you know, where we're, you know, basically top rank was supplying a lot of the cars. Obviously I'm supplying a lot of the uh, technical know-how or the, the, you know, the rest of the things like that behind the scenes on this stuff. You mm -hmm. know, I didn't really like dealing with all the paperwork, all the, there's a lot of parts of the car sales side that I didn't really want to be involved with. Mm -hmm. And so Yaska said, I'll do that. And so then I'm like, you can have it. <laughs> so I'm like, let me do what I want to do, which is, you know, basically sales and marketing, mm -hmm. you know, more or less what I say, play with the cars. And, um, you know, I get involved with stuff if I need to get involved. Like if we have any, like, you know, bigger time, um, uh, government issues, DMV issues, um, you know, working on other more complicated things, but the day-to-day -day operations, I just, I just don't want to be in the middle of it. So, mm -hmm. but you handle, you still handle like the California, the carb issues, uh, lab testing and all that kind of stuff right actually uh two minutes before i got on this call i was talking to the guy from the lab so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm uh I'm, I'm at the emissions lab 
about, uh, I mean, I usually, if it's a normal time, I'm, I'm there about once a week. So I'm there because we have, we usually have about a dozen cars there doing California compliance. And I'm, uh, you know, there's always something. I mean, we're dealing with 25 years old, old cars. There's everything from what seems mundane, like we need to have a vacuum diagram for every single car so the referee knows what it is to, you know, drawing those vacuum diagrams to things like, you know, obviously there's times when cars don't, aren't running right or, you know, they have a problem or we tested them and, you know, it was no good. And so then I have to go down there and figure out, you know, what the, what the problem is. I mean, sometimes it's something as simple as, as, you know, um, uh, you know, have like an aftermarket controller on it and somebody mm -hmm. unplugged it and just, mm -hmm. you know, stashed it away in the dash or, you know, somebody left something else, you know, undone. And, and sometimes it's as complicated as, you know, we, um, uh, you know, we have, have to actually fix things and with the cars and change stuff like oxygen sensors and things. Mm -hmm. you know. yeah. So we just did a video with, with Top Crank about, you know, kind of breaking down the steps necessary to, to, uh, to import a GTR from Japan. Can you sure. kind of walk us through the steps that, I mean, I think a lot of listeners don't even know that you can, you know, bring in an R33 GTR now. Right. What are kind of the steps or what do you guys, what, what do you guys provide that, that makes it possible? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that we provide is that we have real cars here in Southern California come and look at and come and touch them because the thing is they're 25 years old. Right. And everybody has different levels of what they consider to be acceptable for a vehicle. And so, you know, if you're buying a car from Japan, sight unseen, unknown, there's a lot of risk, right? Number one, you don't know who you're dealing with, like who are you sending money to? I mean, you know, generally Japanese are pretty, pretty straightforward and you know everything else is easy but but you know what you are going to be dealing with is you know obviously you know wire transferring somebody twenty thirty thousand dollars you know the fact that they have to get that car you know exported you know here you know it, it's all possible it's all like anything you know there's uh there's diy people out there and there's people who just want to have it done and and we provide the service of done if that's what you want uh, and we can also help people you know buy cars overseas and inspect them and do things like that. But, um, you know, we really like to have like somebody come look at the car that we have here in Southern California, say, that's the car for me. That's not the car for me. You know, um, you know, everybody has different standards again, because you know, what somebody decides is the most perfect car in the world I may think is a piece of junk. So, and vice versa. So, well, there's, it's probably pretty risky to, wire money to a person that maybe doesn't even speak English that well and you know wait until the car comes I mean you have no idea if this car is ever gonna show up or not I mean I think it, right yeah exactly I mean most people in the world are pretty good most people I mean I, I you know I, I bought and sold cars all over the world and and you know I mean I, I've bought you know I used to buy cars for people in Australia to from the US to ship to Australia um, and I mean, I, I transferred rope checks, thousands of cars and, and, you know, I mean, occasionally you run into somebody who's a little bit of a problem, but you know, I'm, I'm here, I can deal with it. Um, you know, you just don't want to be that one guy because it does happen. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's risky. And then also, you know, just some of the stuff that's lost in translation can be a little bit, you know, complicated. So. so Sean, how many uh, cars do you usually have at one time in your shop? 
uh, for well, sale? Uh, for sale or have at the shop. So, well, have at the shop that someone could come and buy. You know, they could yeah, shop around. Right. I mean, we 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 stocked up the beginning of this year because we ran short last year a couple times. Um, we had over a hundred cars in the shop before all this stuff happened. Um, we have about forty cars for sale on the website, but we have probably sixty, seventy cars at the shop right now. So the thing is that it's, it's, everything takes time too. you know, from when it gets here, we've got to do our inspections. We've got to make sure everything is, you know, how it's supposed to be to be able to sell it. And then we've, you know, like anything, you only have X amount of manpower. And so then, you know, there's cars that are arriving, cars that are departing. Um, and so then, you know, there's always a, a mix of like, you know, where you spread your manpower out any day. And so, you know, we're, we're preparing cars that just came in so we can get photos of them to get them up online, get, you know, get them inspected. Um, you know, fix any things that we have to fix. Uh, you know, if, I mean, it does happen, which is, you know, a car comes over and, you know, the AC needs to be repaired or, you know, it needs, needs tires or it needs something else. And so um, all of those things are, are stuff that we have to work on here and it all adds to the time, which is why, you know, we, you, you gotta have in the, in the car business, you gotta have, you gotta have triple or quadruple the number of cars you want to sell a month you know, in stock ready to sell. And GTRs aren't the only cars that you guys sell, right? You guys do. No, other. right. It, I mean, it's one of our specialties. I mean, we were up to about 30 R32 GTRs, which, you know, is a pretty significant number. It's uh, kind of cool for a GTR nerd like me to see like, you know, have like 30 at the shop at once. Um, but lots of other stuff. There's lots of other weird things that were never sold in the U.S. And not just, not even just Japan, but just Japan is obviously where we focus because, you know, that's where, you know, uh, you know, Yaska and, and even myself have a lot of experience there, but, you know, we have a Holden U, um, you know, we've gotten BMWs, some other weird cars like that, but mostly like stuff like Mitsubishi Delica, Suzuki Cappuccino, Toyota Supra, uh, RX-7s are really popular. Um, uh, uh, Sylvia's, uh, Toyota Century, um, you know, there's, there's literally like, you know, hundreds and thousands of cars. But of course, like anything, we have to buy the cars that we think we can sell. You know, the the cost to 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 buy it, to 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 ship it, to you know, for us to do maintenance on it, for us to do all the things that we're going to do on it, are, are relatively high. And so, you know, we are a business, we're not a charity, and we are, you know, in the business of, you know, importing cars and making money on them. I mean, that's, that's what we do, so. When did you, uh, since when are you a GTR nerd, like you said? How did you get into GTRs? Were you already a GTR guy, you know, before you started working? 1991. 1991. So I went to Japan in 1991 with my dad when I was like uh, 16. So we had, so, you know, my family business, we were, um, my, my dad's a car dealer and he had a place up in North Hollywood and, um, we were selling, my dad had some cars, Corvettes and, and things like that. And we had some Japanese customers come, Japanese buyers come and buy these cars from him. And, you know, anybody who's, you know, relatively, um, smart can say, Hey, if you're looking for other cars, let us know what you're looking for. And so, you know, we, we started to have good relationships with a lot of customers and we built from there um, in the bubble economy there in the late 80s. Um, it got really good. It got really fun. I mean, when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, I'm, 
you know, picking up Ferrari Testarossas and, uh, you know, driving Countaches and, you know, we had Ford uh, GT40s and uh, lots of other really, really cool cars that, you know, and so um, our customer, one of our big customers, uh, he had a car that was going to be at the first Tokyo auto auction back in, or, or like I said, around 1991, in 1991. And so he had a Porsche 550A Spider, you know, um, and so we did like a full rest. No, this is before the restoration. So, um, you know, he sent it over to Japan. Um, he owned like a lot of, uh, he owned recycling companies and uh, travel agencies in Japan. And so he, you know, <laughs> he's crazy guy. He used to come into my dad's shop and just say like, he'd just be like, uh, can I have that one and that one and that one? And then he'd like have a magazine and say, uh, can you get me two of those, please? You know, it's like a candy store. And it was store, like, right? <laughs> it, was that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was great because, like, you know, he was a cool guy, and and you know, you just come in and be happy and buy cars, and you know, I mean, like I said, I I was 16 years old going to a Ferrari dealer picking up a Testarossa. Uh, you know, it's there's, there's worse things. Uh, you know, they they definitely don't they definitely didn't like giving it to to me because I looked pretty freaking young when I was. 16 i probably looked like i was about 12 and so they're like are you sure you're gonna give this kid you know uh testarossa but anyway I, I went to japan in 91 um you know and and the r32 gtr was pretty prevalent then um you know i bought the best motoring and all those other vhs's and you know r32 was doing really well against his contemporaries then and um i uh you know i kind of fell in love from there and so obviously, um, I went in the Navy in 1991. And so I was in the Navy in 91 to 97. Uh, honestly, when I was out in different parts of the world, I tried to rent one or get one or touch one if I could, because obviously they weren't in the US. Um, 97, I got out of the Navy. Um, and then... Um, Is that where you met up or started working at Motorex? right away or no i started working at motorex so i went into the family business the family business we were exporting astro vans by then to japan mm, I so we did a lot that. of astro vans to yeah. japan and yeah. and so but it was on the it was on the downside then mm -hmm. so um we were really busy for a while we had too many employees too much stuff too much overhead and then um you know our business slowed down we we shifted away from that and went to um just car dealership that the Jap the export side pretty much stopped mm -hmm. and so in 99 i started working for motorx i actually oh man i'm gonna get in trouble for sam from sam for saying this but you know basically i was working family business i told my dad to go f himself and then i started to work for uh for motorx for a little bit so actually i needed a job i needed something to do and then and then my sister talked to hero Okay. And Hero hired me on. So, so what was it like? Um, tell us about some of the old old days working at Motorex, and I, I'm sure it was pretty exciting at at the beginning, at least, right? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, I mean, we were, you know, we had these GTRs, you know, stuff that was never available, and done some crash testing, and done, you know, certification. We're trying our best to do all the things that we needed to do. Um, when I came in. We weren't a registered importer yet, but I did bring Motorex into becoming a registered importer. I went to JK Technologies on the East Coast, who were the guys who were doing the crash testing and the other stuff. I went to um, MGA Labs in Wisconsin, where we did the actual crash testing of the cars. Um, actually met up with Nick Wong there, who's one of our customers. 
um, and one very, very early customer. And then, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. I mean, uh, but the car sales themselves weren't that good. We never really sold that many cars. Um, hey, hey, Sean, back then, the 25-year rule wasn't in place, was it? Yeah, it was. It was oh, it's been it in was. place since, since 88. Then how the heck was – so it really wasn't on the up and up, was it? No, it was all on the up and up. We did crash testing. We did so certification. You, so you guys were you guys that you guys were were you guys considered manufacturer? No, we're considered a registered importer. A registered importer, you could st you, you still could sell those uh, cars within twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Oh, because okay. it, it's it's basically, um, it's just not done very often because it's really complicated. Because you're not, it would it'd be easier if we we're the manufacturer. Manufacturer self certifies. Manufacturer, if a manufacturer, GM. Nissan, Honda, whatever. If they say this car passes crash testing, then it does. <laughs> Understand? It's like it does because they said it. When we're a registered importer, when we're MotorX, we got to crash it. You have to actually do it, right? And that's we pretty expensive. Yeah. Right. Well, and car. so, writing off a car. Yeah. Multiple cars. So multiple the thing cars, was, yes. so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories, uh, you know, and things about it, a lot of falsehoods, a lot of people, you know, said, oh, they didn't do this. You know, I mean, even you don't understand completely about all what it is, but, but basically registered importer can take what's called a non-compliant vehicle, modify it to meet federal motor vehicle safety standards. And then when that happens, then the NHTSA gives you something called a bond release. And then that releases the liability, uh, the bond against the vehicle being brought into compliance and uh, i said all this stuff gets really complex and it starts to i started to go down a rabbit hole and i can go down some really really deep rabbit holes but so things like uh, you know there's for federal motor vehicle safety standards is like 101 standardized controls and displays you know you have to have a you have to have a you know a, a speedometer and it's supposed to read in um, miles per hour the odometer, oddly enough, doesn't need to, I don't think, as long as it's marked correctly. But you've got to have, like, the brake light has to say brake. Mm. You can't have the international symbol, the little, you know, like, all those kinds of things. Like, we had to change all that in, in the cluster. And so, when you, what you would do is, um, first, it starts off with what's called a petition. So, if we wanted to, um, we'll go back, because we'll talk about Skylines, because it's, it's, I want to stay basically on that. So, um, MotorX petitioned, or JK originally petitioned for 1990 through 1999 Nissan Skyline GTRs to be capable of being modified to, to meet U.S. federal motor vehicle safety standards. And what that means is, you know, they had to prove that these vehicles would meet each one of these standards. And so if you, you break out the, the CFR, what's called the CFR, the Code of Federal Regulations, and you go through each step and it tells you like what all standards. And you literally have to, to the NHTSA, write a petition, have photos, documentation, other engineering data, and that included crash testing, to show them that, you know, these vehicles could meet these standards. And then what they do is that all that information gets published in what you call the Federal Register, and then when it publishes in the Federal Register, then you get a final notice on once it's all done and everybody's had all their time to talk about it and stuff, then you, um, um, it, it becomes basically 
for that, the Skyline's original Skyline was called VCP-17, which is vehicles capable of being modified via petition. So it's not the only way that things can happen, but that's, that's the way. So it's VCP-17 and the fact that it's number 17 means there's very few, there very, very, very few cars that were, that were petitioned and, and brought into compliance. And, and some of those are even trailers and like horse trailers and stuff like that can also be, be considered in that list. So MotorX did everything. Now I went to the NHTSA with, with Jonathan and, and I sat in there with Dick Merritt, with Luke Loy, with all the people from, from the NHTSA we talked about what they wanted to see with the skylines. Every single car that came through MotorX that we got, that we did the compliance work on when I was there, we have to take photos of it. Like, hey, if you altered, if you put side markers in on, on the car, we would take a photo of the side marker and we put it in, in the petition, I'm sorry, in the uh, conformance package and so then, and then that all falls under the petition. So the petitions VCP 17, here are the things that we had to modify on these vehicles in order to meet this. But, and again, that's only one single side of this stuff. So then you've also got EPA and then you've also here in California got ARB. So you got to meet easy CBP, Customs Border Protection, NHTSA, EPA, ARB, DMV. So plus IRS, BOE, it's kind of funny. You like all these different government agencies that you have to comply with in order, you know, but um, that's what we did. So um, it wasn't bullshit. It's a lot of work. Um, was everything exactly the way it's supposed to be? Not really, but is everything, anything in life exactly the way it's supposed to be? Not really. People at the NHTSA knew exactly what they were approving and not approving. Um, they got packages for every single car. How many uh, uh, cars? How many cars uh, did you uh, bring to compliance and sell through MotorX? So I was there. I was there for like two years. I was there till mm -hmm. about April two thousand and two, and I mm -hmm. did about sixty or seventy cars. Mm -hmm. And then after I was done, I, the number that's floated by me is about one hundred twenty total. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those cars were never actually brought into compliance at the end because MotorX wasn't bringing them into compliance. Um, the NHTSA issued a letter that said, look, issued a letter to the owners that said, look, we know you didn't, the car doesn't meet standards, but your intentions were to bring it into standards. And so here's your letter. Like, we don't care. You're good to go. And so some people obviously still have those cars to this day. Yeah. I, am. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we've, we bought a few R34s, you know, the MotorX R34s recently. So right, we still right. got one right now. So um, yeah. we, we have one right now that we are going, we're kind of sort of off the market selling, you know, we don't really put it out in the, in the general public. So. Is that, the well, one? that one is legally available, correct, Sean? Legal. Yeah. Legal. Oh, okay. Is that is that, that purple one I saw in your shop? That's the silver and blue one, right? S silver, just silver. silver. Oh, oh, the silver okay. one. Okay. So, yeah, Sean, so how many, so, uh, what, uh, R33s are going to be, are they 25 now? Mm -hmm. So 1995 R33 are, are legal now. So right. um, I actually have a, so for Fast and Furious, um, you know, Fast and Furious, the first movie before it ever go, came to be in a thing, you know, we brought over there, you know, when they were doing the auditions for it, um, we brought R32 and R33. 
and they liked the R33, and then we gave them an R33. They painted it yellow. It had the crazy dude on the side, and, you know, I called that car Big Bird, right? It was my my old – I turned it into, like, my old drag car. We did a bunch of stuff. It was kind of our demo car, you know, like um, – it ran. It ran Pikes Peak. It it we, we did all kinds of stuff with it, right? It was our demo. Isn't that the and one so, that got crushed? Yes. So yeah, was, so, so the problem was that you know we brought that car in and we it was on a TIB. It was on a temporary import bond, and and we never did the compliance package on it. We never did the things that we needed to do to bring it into compliance because we were doing other things with it, and the so then and stuff. And what's that? Like demoing and racing, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, and then we had the engine out and, you know, like it just wasn't, we just didn't do, it wasn't a priority. Yeah. And then when Motorex shut down, you know, um, uh, actually, you know, Hero owed money to different people. And, and at one point I told um, uh, Jack Tao, that was RB. I told him because he owed Jack a bunch of money and he wanted to give him like titles and he, Hero was doing everything to try to get cash. I said, man, take the car. So we had the car for a while, but I didn't have the means to be able to put it back together. And so, and I, and if I, if I would have really thought about it more, I would have made sure that that car also got a letter because it could have had a letter to say it's right. good. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, um, it, it traded hands like two more times, um, you know, and it got down to like basically one DMV kind of misinterpreting, you know, some VIN, some labels, labeling things on the car. You know, most of the time, they only crush them to teach some pe somebody a lesson. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is uh, unfortunate, but it happened. So I'm going to build Big Bird too. So I have an R33. It's uh, here. It's at the paint shop, or it was at the paint shop. Um, it, uh, it's been out to Wakita. We pulled the engine and trans out of it because I have an RB30. I have a three-liter version of a RB26. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have, uh, in my Nismo, I had an OS88 sequential transmission. And so we pulled the OS88 out of my car. Um, took the trans out of Big Bird 2, put it in my Nismo, pull in that 30 out, going to put the stock engine back in the car that had the 30, and uh, turn it into a demo. At some point, I'm just kind of in the, oh my God, I don't know what to do right now because it is, I have 85% of everything I need, but... Uh, I'm feeling kind of uh, uh, apprehensive about spending more money towards it right now. So when didn't it's a you, demo car. Didn't you just guys um, buy back uh, the GTR that you sold to Paul Walker? Yeah. Oh, that's the silver one. Yeah, we have that. That's a silver one. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. We're, we, we have some, we have some uh, off market activity for that car. Mm -hmm. We don't like some of that's, Pretty much all of those R34s we sold, um, they don't go on our website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what was it? What was it like? I, I think I read somewhere, or you told me you you took around Paul around the lot, right? What was yeah, that? Well, what was that conversation like? Well, you know, I don't even remember. So I, I, <laughs> I, I really don't. I have a I have photos of it, like James. Yeah. Um, 
I've seen the Typically, photos. Yeah, yeah, James James Lewis took photos. Like he came there with us when we took car when we took the cars. I didn't know who he was at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never. I mean, then you're you're talking 1999 or 2000. Right. Whenever and, they were doing the auditions. No, yeah, no one knew who casting. any of those guys were. Right. They're doing. <laughs> they're when they're doing the casting, and so you know, I had an R32, and and I we were in Universal. And I took him for around, you know, where the like the clock tower is. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean, I was, you know, I was, you know, <laughs> I was a little, you know, I was kind of opposite lock a little bit around. Back to the future, know. back to the future yeah. tower. Yeah, right, right, right there, right around there, right around that area there. I was like, you know, I was hustling the R32 through there, you know, and so, um, you know, there's some photos of like me and him talking, and I'm like standing there, and he's like sitting in the car and and all of that, and so. Um, but I really honestly had, until I saw the photos, I had no recollection. Of it. I, I mean, I remember taking somebody, somebody from, from Universal for driving the car. Mm-hmm. I do not remember it was Paul. And was that the only movie that uh, you guys provided cars to? No. So, I, I mean, I left, I left before the stuff for two. Oh, so okay. for two, um, so what happened was, you know, during, during filming of, of one, um, you know, Craig Lieberman, Paul Walker both came to the mm-hmm. shop and they're both like, oh, we're going to buy our 34s. And you're like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Because people, you know, people talk a lot. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, OK, just another blowhard. Right. Yeah. Just people talk and talk and yeah, whatever, you know. But they did. And so Paul and Craig both got cars. So so the silver car was actually the first one we got for Paul. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that we may have had it in stock and we we're going through the compliance work on it. And then he picked it up. Um, he had it for a little bit. And then, you know, Nissan paint in the front hero, who knows, it might've been painted before. Anyway, he said, one of his friends looked at it, said it looks like it had, had paint. He didn't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so then we loaned him Blackbird for a little while. And so he had that for a little bit before Craig Lieberman bought it. Okay. And then after that, we had another customer that had a V-Spec 2, a white V-Spec 2. And this is right before the V-Spec 2 NUR came out. Mm. And so when the NUR came out, the customer decided that they would also buy a NUR. So one guy had a V-Spec 2, brand new V-Spec 2, and a brand new V-Spec 2 NUR. And so the V-Spec 2 ended up going to Paul. So that's the car that he he's still associated with as a white V-Spec too that, and that was in the background, a couple of movies and stuff like that. So, so, but for, so, and then Craig ended up buying Blackbird. Craig, you know, turned it into the car for the second movie. Um, uh, Universal bought a bunch of GTRs from um, Motorex for the movie. Um, and so then that was in two. So then I wasn't involved with anything after, you know, I wasn't involved with anything for two but I did get a call for three. And so um, Toshi actually, Hayama, called me one day when I was walking out on the road somewhere and says, hey, I'm looking for an RB25 transmission. And I said, ah, you know, I don't really, I don't really know where to find and get one of those. And he's like, yeah, we're putting a RB26 in a Mustang. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's, that's, that's pretty stupid. That's all over the internet now though. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, you know, they were, um, that was, that was what they were doing. And, and so then I ended up getting another call from John Weiser, who was like, pitcher car, pitcher car 
Wrangler. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, I, he, Craig Lieberman recommended me to him. And so I went up and I, I visited that the Mustang with the RB26 in it. And um, I helped them kind of – I put them on a path that I thought make it made a lot more sense for that car because they'd taken an engine out of one of the R34 GTRs and then put it in this Mustang and they were doing some other weird stuff and they needed a single turbo and, um, you know, they needed a couple other things. And so I, um, I decided that, uh, um, you know, we, we had engines, we sold them a, you know, just an R32 engine to throw in it, um, put the R34 back together because a complete running R34, I thought it's worth more money and makes more sense than an R34 shell, like missing the original engine and transmission and stuff. Right. Right. Um, and uh, so then that became my baby. And so for uh, Fast and Furious 3, that was, uh, you know, I helped out with that Mustang. So there was a couple other cars in it. So I was in Picture Car Warehouse a bit. And so then whenever the, the Mustang worked, I worked. So um, and then for Fast and Furious 4, I was a technical advisor with the insert unit. Can you get any more weird <laughs> <laughs> for the so, what, so what does that mean that means that when you see people like shifting gears and you see feet oh, okay yeah yeah that's actually my hands <laughs> yeah. my I see. so when you so when you see like vin diesel's feet like <laughs> pressing on an accelerator or something have a yeah. look how much the shoe is like bending because that's my <laughs> foot in there, not his so um <laughs> So, um, for basically when they're doing those insert shots where like, you know, basically somebody's shifting gears or you see somebody map the gas or hit the brake or whatever it is. Yeah. Like yeah. for those, for that quarter of a second. Yeah. Shifting into 12, <laughs> 12th gear, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. If you can see, you can probably see you, if, if you look carefully enough, you can see some of my scars. So, <laughs> you know, on, on, on the hands that are on the screen. Um, obviously I did, I couldn't do everybody's hands and feet, but mm -hmm. I did, I, I did almost, I did, I think everybody's feet because any of the other insert actors they had just couldn't do the feet right. So, <laughs> well, and I was impressed that uh, Vin Diesel could, you know, heel toe. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually, so when he's, so, you know, they have those bucks, right? And so he's in there and they're like shaking it around and they're yeah, like yeah. filming him, like, like pretending to, I was actually on the steering wheel on the other side, moving his hands. Oh, okay. So I was like connected on a shaft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like moving his, and, and it was weird because like the very first, so, you know, I'm there with Justin Lin and we were, you know, you're on the sound stage, you're doing all this stuff. And I was actually dressed up because, okay, so look, you're on, the movies is not real life, right? It's, have you ever been on a movie <laughs> set? If, if you've ever been on the movie, no, like, I mean, even filming a movie, you know, it's not really real life, right? I mean, the like craft services and all this other weird crap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and so, you know, I'm, so they, they I, I've got to get in wardrobe, you know, because I, I got to put my shoes on, right? I got to put the, I got to put the pants on because if they're shooting and they're shooting across my body, they want to make sure. And they're like, they also want you to wear the shirt because just in case they catch, you know, any section of the shirt or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's the one guy that has like a fro and a gold chain and all that stuff and a hat uh, on uh, in, in Fast and Furious 4. And so they give me the wardrobe and they have that there. I'm like, look, 
I'm like, look, if I'm wearing this, I'm wearing the hat, I'm wearing the fro, I'm wearing the gold chain. I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to go like 80% on this outfit. I am wearing it all, okay? So I was actually, when I was doing that with Vin, I, I had the full outfit on, like with the fro and the gold. Yeah, anyway, it was, and, I mean, it's funny. Too. I mean, for me, for me, it was like super funny because like I said, I'm like, look, if I'm going to wear the, the shoes, the pants, the shirt, I need the gold chain you know i need the fro and i need the hat it, it's just it has to go together otherwise well, you I have you have uh vin's uh abs too so that's you know right it, it yeah worked out perfectly yeah <laughs> uh, yeah there's stories there's stories about stuff like that that i probably shouldn't even talk about on things like this so i won't uh, <clears throat> um but uh but it was fun um yeah. you know justin justin lynn i was giving them advice and you know how you know steer how people should be look you know when they're when they're driving and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, they're asking me like, you know, how do you do a wheelie on dirt? I said, can you take that part out? And they didn't really like that. <laughs> you know, so I'm not really so much of the yes man kind of guy, which, you know, I don't think the movie people are really used to. So, um, you know, when I'm telling them like, Hey, can you change that? Well, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really fly that well. Cause they're used to everybody saying, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, let me see how quick I can do that. And I'm like, can you just change that? So. Well, that's how, you know, I mean, it gets far from authenticity. And that's why I think a lot of the, you know, the, the series has been generally accepted by the automotive enthusiast market crowd because, you know, it's it's as close as, you know, I mean, I, you can see the effort, right? You can see the effort. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, and that is it. I mean, it's not a documentary, you know, yeah. and, and, and what I always tell people is I love the movies. I made good money from the movies i mean for for actually for three you know we we sold them a lot of the background cars oh okay so the stuff like they crash into in the in the underground parking garage and that even the mercedes that the bosses have and some of the other cars we sold them a lot of those cars you're not you're not making any royalties from the movies i got i heard rj still gets checks like every quarter for from that nice. little little scene that he he shot nice. you know? yeah but he was on yeah i i know I don't, I don't have any of that stuff so <laughs> i'm well, uh i'm 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 just more like uh happy to be involved yeah yeah i've probably bought more fast and furious merchandise than i ever made though so. <laughs> <laughs> that's some great stories though great stories right yeah it's fun so. yeah hey so um we're going to start wrapping it up a little bit, but what do you think of the uh, current state of the, of the JDM and the performance market? Um, you know, I mean, with the 25 years coming, there's a lot of R32s coming in now. Um, what's, what's your take on the current state of the import scene? Man, you know, the, the current, I mean, with everything that's going on, Oh, did we lose them? Is that it? Is he had enough? Is that what he thinks? Taro is like, this is what the current state of the of the market is. Conveniently it's frozen. Just, he just dropped out. I thought he was like really prolonged thinking. You know? <laughs> no, I'm here. There He's, back. He's better than ever. I'm here. We lost you there. Are you there? We lost okay, you. Okay, I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Sorry. No, I mean, I was saying, you know, it's it's hard to know, but there's there was there's two Nismo R32 GTRs that just sold uh, one on Bring a Trailer, one in Australia for eighty thousand dollars each, which I think is you know oh. kind of a high end of what one of those cars would bring. Um, I really, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm shaking my head because I, everything right now is in such a weird point. I don't know what to say. It's, um, we're relatively busy. Um, we're getting a lot of inquiries. We're getting a lot of people asking about cars. We're, we are selling cars. We're shipping cars. We're, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, the stuff that we have is very unique. Mm -hmm. Um, it falls into a, a stranger niche of the market. Like people who are buying our cars, they don't need them as mm -hmm. a daily driver. They, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a want. And so not, not a need. And so, um, but that also comes, you know, with uncertainty in the times it's a little, um, you know, as far as, uh, things go, I think that, uh, you know, you, it may be pushed to the back of, mm. of like, um, you know, what, what you're going to spend your money on. Yeah. Well, right now with the, with the virus and everything, it's probably not the first thing that's on people's mind, right. To get the, get the third car, the fourth car that's that you can't drive every day. Right. Yeah. And, and, that, but like I said, I'm a little surprised how many emails and stuff we're still getting because it's quite a lot. That's yeah. Cool. I, it, it's, 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 I mean, we've got a lot of like just this month, we've got a lot of deals pending, mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff because you know, like the banks are all taking a little longer. Everything, everything's taking longer. There's no DMB, you know, like everything yeah, is a little yeah. screwed up. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Though. But I mean, we've got a lot of cars pending a right. lot. And, and those, and those uh, clients are all like, you know, the guys that, grew up watching Fast and the Furious and playing uh -huh. Gran Turismo, right? So right, yeah. we're not talking about kids. We're talking about like grown adults, right? That are, that are. Yeah. Coming. We're talking about adults. We're talking guys, you know, in their late, I mean, you know, the youngest guys are generally in their late twenties, mm -hmm. but you know, up till, you know, around my age, you know, 45, 46. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's people who, who can afford to buy a toy and they've always wanted one and they're put themselves in a position to be able to purchase one. And they want it. And they're, you know, I mean, there are still people that have jobs. There are still people that, uh, you know, again, are just, you know, buying houses, selling houses, everything in between. So life goes on, but it's uncertain. Well, listen, Sean, thanks a lot. It's been uh, educational and entertaining at the same time. Thanks for all your all the great stories. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Um, we're gonna we're gonna move on to our our next section. Um, okay. If you can hang out or or uh, if you got uh, things to do and work on your car or whatever, you can you can uh, <laughs> sign off. But um, I'll, I'll right. hang out. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, awesome. Yeah. You're, you're more than welcome. Okay. All right, Sam. All okay, yours. Sean. Thanks for that little nice narrative, man. I wanted to hear some uh, some some uh, more R-rated stuff from um, the Motorex days, but it's all right, man. We'll we'll do that. Next, we'll, get that next. Show. <laughs> we'll get to that next. We'll get to that next. Because pretty crystal. Yeah, there, were so, there were so many stories around. Cha cha. Uh, cha cha. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Sean. But anyways, we got to do a reunion. We got a reunion. We got to do a reunion with everybody. Hey, Sean. Before uh, before I, I switch on to my uh my topic i was wondering you know you had quite a bit of uh demand for the r32 right i mean that was kind of your bread and butter for you guys huge huge rank. demand still still huge demand yeah what uh what, what do you what do you foresee or forecast with the r33 you know in japan of course it's not as popular as the r32 but to me the r33 looks more like a tuna car you know it looks more like sure. so yeah. so the thing is like 43,000 r32 gtrs 16,000 r33 gtrs 
So oh, we're made. You mean? We're, we're yeah, it, yeah. The number available, and and again, that's so. There's 89 to 94 on the R32. 95 to 98. So, you know, what you always have to remember with these cars is that, you know, here we are in April. The only cars that are available are cars that were produced up until April. So the, you know, the, right, the yeah. supply is actually pretty small. Right. Um, the prices are relatively high. They're higher than the R32. Um, I, I, um, the R33 shape was very popular here in the States. You know, when we're at MotorX, you know, people really like that shape. Mm -hmm. um, I, the R32 is classic now, but it's, it was dated then. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. the, you know, the one piece headlights, the more rounded, and, and it's a bigger car, man. If it's, uh, you know, Americans are, are much bigger people than Japanese people in general, you know? And so you got a little bit more, uh, you know, girth to be able to, uh, and there's a little bit more space in that car. Um, it's a much longer wheelbase. And so it's more of a um, smooth, you know, more of a high speed, like luxury cruiser car than, the R32, which is a little more small and raw. Um, but again, the price and the availability. So um, we have been selling them, but we've, they've been hard to get. And there's not a lot of them out there. Mm, that okay. have. So, I, You know, in another, how many years will it be when the R34 becomes available, which is, I think, out of those three, it might be my favorite. But uh, Four more um, years, right? Price on the R34. It's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be up there, isn't it? it's already, it's already high and it's already a lot higher than, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, you know, I mean, we've, awesome I've been car, dealing with this so. since, since the very beginning, we've been dealing with this, you know, when, when I had $20,000 R32s, I had guys saying, Oh, I'm just going to wait for the R34. You know, this is back in 2014. I'm like, right. well, you know, by the time that those cars are available, they're going to be very expensive. Oh, I'm just right. going to wait. I'm like, okay, well, it's fine. You can wait if you'd like, but let's talk realistic numbers of cars that have sold recently in Japan and stuff that's not even going to be available for the U S for a while. There, there have been, and just, there was, there was just recently a grade for NUR, NUR that sold for two fifty in Japan. Ooh. Well, that NUR was really I mean, awesome. That was, that was the last car I drove from Motor X actually. It was a white <laughs> so, NUR. Right. And so, I mean, those, so the thing is that even, you know, your, your run of the mill car, and, and again, not everything is GTR, but, but I almost always talk about GTR. So, so there's, you know, there's a, uh, a uh, 12,000 R34 GTRs, you know, again, you, you're, you're going less, 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 the cars that are available and we're talking worldwide population. You know, a lot of guys don't think like, you know, there's cars that are just aren't available to buy. There's cars right. that are in Japan that some, they're, you're not going to be able to buy it. That guy's yeah. not going to sell it to you. Yeah. There's, you know, there's cars here in the U.S. that are just not available. Somebody doesn't want to sell it to you because they don't need to. So, you know, and, and, and I think people, I mean, 100 is where they start. Ooh, and and there'd probably be more. Yeah, for a used yeah. car, that's a lot of time well, you know, they I mean, get available. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully those are the kind of cars that'll go up in price. You know, as as you know, like the Supra has, like the um, NSX has. So we're, yeah, we're, yeah, they're, they've been going up. And and the thing is that because it was never available here, there are a lot of people that decide that they really want one, and you have to have more money than they're willing to spend. Well, uh, from getting on that subject to kind of the same subject is a couple of cars I'm going to be uh, reviewing or just talking about here is something maybe in about 20, 20, 25 years, Sean, you could bring over here because these cars are not, um, uh, 
are, are not available in the US. Um, okay. The first one, I, I wanna go Europe, uh, which is uh, a little departure from uh, the uh, uh, Japanese the Japanese uh, version. And there's a, plenty of cars in Europe that uh, aren't marketed in the US, which I would love to see here. But I think one of the top on my list is, believe it or not, French a French car. I'm not really into French cars, not big. But uh, this one is Alpine, uh, made by Renault. Uh, you can see it's uh, this yellow one here. It's, uh, this is a, a 2020 model. What's cool about it, it is mid-engine, rear-wheel drive. And uh, uh, the last year's version doesn't look very different from this version, uh, but I, I, I kind of love the classic, uh, classic European styling of this. I mean, you don't see too many Japanese cars or even American cars. That look uh, that look like this, and uh, it's really efficient. It's got a little inline four engine, 1.8 liter, and it makes 288 horsepower. So it's almost 300 horsepower out of that little 1.8 four banger. So um, it's a Nissan uh, engine. That's right, exactly. It's part of the alliance. That's absolutely <laughs> right. So it is part Japanese. So um, uh, and it's got two 236 pound feet of torque. Uh, it sprints from zero to 62, which is or 61, you know, 100 kilometers in four and a half seconds, which is pretty dang quick uh, for a little four banger uh, car. 155 miles uh, an hour, and it um, it's 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 not cheap. Um, it's about 66 euro, 66,000 euros. So it's 70, 75,000 bucks in US usually. So, um, and if there was to be a, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, um, uh, a rival to that here, and let me show you the interior. The interior is really classy too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disappear here for a while. Whoa, high tech. High tech, huh? <laughs> Beautiful. So that's the interior. I don't know. What What do you got there, Sean? It looks like a foot uh, pedal. Pedal. Yeah, it is. Pedal. is. It's that... a R34 accelerator pedal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that pedals. It's, it's a nice pedal. I don't have pedal shots, but uh, this Alpine is a very, 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 very nice car. Um, and if, yeah, if anything, I think this would probably, at that price range, probably um, uh, go up against, uh, I'm back up against the um, uh, um, Toyota Supra. Um, I, I was, uh, I'm glad Sean is here too now. So I'd like to get everyone's take on the Alpine. Uh, yes, it is a French car, which I think, you know, the, the only thing going against it is it's a French car. But, uh, <laughs> What's the weight, the curb weight, did you say, Sam? The curb weight's pretty low. I don't, I don't have it right here in front of me, but I'm sure it's right around 3,000 pounds. So it's it's got to be it's got to be with that kind of horsepower and that kind of zero to sixty. It's, yeah, it's going to be not that much more than that. It can't be. Yeah, so, it's going to yeah. be right. It's it's lightweight. It's not a it's not a large car. You know. Yeah, yeah I think it's car. it's around twenty five hundred pounds. I think Sam. What it oh, comes yeah. at. Nice. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, oh, yeah. So it's much nice. lighter. So nimble, and it's a mid engine, which yeah. is really cool. You know, you don't see it. But, oh, okay. Sam, what what uh, Sean could help you with though is the uh, Alpine A six ten which would have been around in the early 90s if you wanted to get one of those in, which is a lovely French mid-engine sports car again. Is that, uh, is that, so Sean, is that, uh, have you looked at like some of these French cars or? Um, I mean, I, you know, we, I look at everything. The, the Renault like is the cars. Nissan Alliance, like you said. Right, I mean, I like cars. I'm into, I'm into anything, you know. Um, it just like, you have to be able to sell it. And, you know, there has to be a market for it, you know, so like a car like this, you know, brand new at 60,000 euros, you know, 
selling, you know, let's just say that the older car was, you know, let's say it's 40 or $50,000 or something. I mean, selling that car used here in the U S with no support is difficult. If someone came up to you and said, well, not this car, let's say a 25 year old one, like uh, James just referred yeah. to, yeah. uh, yeah. And just wanted that one car, one car. He wanted Absolutely. to buy that one car. Is that possible for you to do something like that? Absolutely. It's just okay. it, again, it's just you know the the problem is that when you get into some of those those cars and those those things is is that you know it it, it pays to know a little bit about the cars in the market, right? Mm -hmm. So there's Absolutely. always going to be like, um, I mean, I usually tell people like if they're looking for a car for sale or something. Like, you know, like I used to tell them, if you go to like one of the websites and you look at the high car and you look at the low car and you look at the middle car, right? Because there's always going to be one car that's like 10 grand, one that's 70 grand, but most of the cars sell for in 20 to $25,000 range. Mm -hmm. You really don't want the $10,000 car, the $70,000 car. If you can afford it and that's what fits your needs, then buy that. This is the same with any of these older 25 year old cars is that there's always going to be this, this cheap car. And the cheap car is probably much more hassle than it's worth. I, I agree. With you. you get yeah, what you pay yeah. for, right? There's yeah. a reason and, why. And, right. And, and so then, so then how much, the, then the question is always, you know, to me, to, on somebody is what's your budget? What do you want to spend? You know? And if it's, right. well, I want to spend the cheapest amount possible. I mean, I'm happy to get you the car, but I don't want to hear from you again. You know, like yeah, that's yeah, it. I mean, yeah, you know, I'll yeah. get you the cheapest. Dude, you sold me a piece of junk, right? No, I didn't sell it for you. I right. bought it for you. Right, right, <laughs> you right. see, that's the that's the difference. So the, the the thing is that you know when you're dealing with any of these kinds of things, you know, and and especially a car that has little to no support. I mean, how much English service information is there on? On this car, probably not much. You're you're gonna right. have to have a specialized mechanic to get the parts and everything. So yeah. And I would think that would be you guys. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, it can be, but right. I mean, I don't, you know, if we want to talk about GTR, you know, R32 GTR. Yeah, you guys are all set GTR, up for that. Like I'm, I'm yeah. good with that. Like some of this other stuff, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it starts to get, you know, I think you start to get muddled, you know, and you get yeah. muddy well, in, in your, we're talking, in, to, we're talking 25 years down the road. These are new cars I'm, I'm doing. So I'm just kind of giving you a little right. preview of what yes, people uh, might so, come so to. So anyway, for. on this car, if it was half the price, it would be great. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. But <laughs> right. say, half the price. Okay. It would well, be great. The next car, which is a little cheaper and which I think is one of my, one of my favorite cars ever since the Honda beat is uh, this little thing. It's a, uh, it's actually a K car. It's called the Honda S6, uh, S660. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you historians, uh, uh, you know, enthusiasts knows that, know that, you know, Honda used to have a small convertible back in, I think the sixties, the S600, S660. Uh, and, you know, that, which is the predecessor kind of uh, spiritually to the S2000. So, and this is also mid-engine for, you know, I mean, there's not too many mid-engine K, uh, K cars, which is the, you know, the small Japanese cars uh, with 660 cc engines around. But they made this thing um, very, very, very uh, sporty, just like uh, the, the Honda B. Um, this, uh, as I said, comes with a 660 cc engine. And I think I'm sure Sean is very, very, very um, familiar with um, K cars because I'm sure you've brought a few of those in. I think I saw Nissan Figaro uh, in your Not um, a K -car. shop. Yeah. Uh, so no, this thing, go ahead. Is in a K -car. No. 
Figaro, oh, Figaro has a Figaro has a oh, um, Figaro has a, a one, one liter engine, one it? liter turbo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry, but it it, it looks like a K car. So damn small. It's so. small. It's small. Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of it's kind of in between. That's right. The, that one had the one liter engine. But yeah, don't didn't you have a cappuccino or something? They have beets and cappuccinos there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I saw beets and AZ1, yeah. AZ1, the Mazda, yeah, 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 it's weird. So this thing has 63 horsepower, so it's pretty nominal. Uh, a little three-cylinder, three-banger, three, bang, three banger, uh, turbocharged version, um, and it sits behind the cockpit. Uh, you could get it with a six-speed manual, a proper manual, uh, or a CVT with paddle shift shifters. Uh, the suspension's pretty sporty. It's got struts front and rear, so it's all independent suspension. Uh, zero to 60, guys. Uh, let's see. Taro, give me your best guess at what this thing's oh, zero to 60 man. is. Oh, man. I don't know. It's got to be pretty slow, right? I mean, I... well, you know, it's it ain't going to be quick with six, 63 <laughs> horsepower, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I uh, a a, a pat yeah. on the back. Oh, no, we're social distancing. A, uh, a, a wave to the person who gets the closest without going over. How's that? Oh, man. Taro maybe first. A, maybe a spoon sticker will make it go a little bit faster. Taro, zero to 60. Hurry up. What is it? 10, 10 11. <laughs> uh, Sean. 10. Um, James. Nine. Whoa, James, you're too optimistic. It's actually 11 and a half. So yeah. Tom, here's your way. <laughs> 11 and a half, quarter mile in 18 seconds. But, oh, man. But, but top speed, it'll hit 100 miles per hour. There you go. There you go. Okay. Probably with the roof down or with the top. I don't down, believe. You know. I don't believe that. No, it does. It does. <laughs> it's only 160 kilometers, so I, I it'll do. It'll, I, I think it'll do it. So okay. in Japan, okay. So now we will we'll, we'll reverse it now. James, what is the price on this? Um, let's say. Uh, let's see. Let's let's go with the uh, the base. You, you could tell me base or the the Modulo X, which is the uh, high end version of this car. Let's go with the high-end version. A How high much end, is the high-end version? Yeah. 22. 22. Okay. Sean? 2.5 million yen. So that's about 25. Yeah. yeah. It's about 1.5 million yen? I'm, I'm doing, oh, I'm wait. Doing did you say 1.5 or 2.5? 2.5. Yeah, 2.5. Okay. Yeah. Taro? And uh, James, what did you say? 22. 22. I'll I'll just I'll go lower then. I'll go uh, and we're talking about the the high spec. Yeah, the Modulo yeah. X. Yeah, I'll, I'll do I'll do 2 million then. 20 20k. Okay. 20k. So, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go here down the base starts at 19,000. So, okay. the Modulo X 28 grand, guys. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's ex it's expensive. So, it is exclusive. Oh, oh and let me get I have a rear shot of this to just show you how really nice looks see you guys there yeah, it is yeah. Bye. it's a cute, cute, cute uh, I, little car it is cute i don't like the color but you know the the engine is back there you know you i like the color i'm down with that color uh, you would be james the color's you, fine the color's fine for that car it's it's because that's what that is <laughs> actually you know what shot i think i like I, I agree with you that for that car it is fine but for that yeah. car, it's would fine. you buy so, it would you buy it in this color no no james you would buy it in this color. i would definitely buy it in this color Definitely. Okay. So, so we have cappuccinos and beets, mm -hmm. and and so you know, the old ones, obviously twenty five year old cars. 
the cappuccino is so much better of a car than the beat. It's not even funny. Really? <laughs> oh, I, really? I drove them both. I love them both, actually. No, I did... wait, but cappuccino's front front uh, front, front engine, engine wasn't it? turbo. Yeah, front engine. yeah, turbo. Rear so, so the mm. thing is that that it like, looks great too. I mean that the I mean they're they're both really really small. So out in Vegas, you know the rent JDM thing I'm helping out with out yeah, there. That thing, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You but could we, drive we, those cars. We 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 bought a bunch of them out there. But the we really we have both. We have cappuccinos, we have beats, we have all that stuff. And everybody that I know that's driven them, like the cappuccino, it just because it's turbo, it just mm. is so much faster. It just is and it's kind of fun and funny. Like, you know, one of them we have like a you know Bluff Elf and it's just like What's that? This S660 is turbo also. Oh uh, yeah, the all the older beats aren't. Yeah, I, I uh, they weren't. Okay. Are the older beats are normally a uh, normally I love those older beats. And they the have the ones that look like a little. They have the, you know, they have like Mivec, Mivec or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they that's, just that, no, that's Mitsubishi. That's the Mitsubishi. Right? Uh, and the Honda, the Honda has a really weird VTEC name. It's I thought it was like VTEC. No, it's not called VTEC on the on the on the beat engine. It's some other weird name. But it just it makes a lot of noise. It doesn't go anywhere. Well, it's a K car. It's got sixty something horsepower. A cappuccino, if you're driving it on the freeway sixty miles an hour and you stand into the throttle, it will pull up to ninety miles an hour. But ninety miles an hour probably because you took all the cats out and you put a no, 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 turbo no, no. in. No 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 no. This is a California certified car. Okay. And it's right. like like but at ninety it's it's no mas. So, okay. and, that, and, 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 and like I said, I don't know if I want to go 100 in one of those. So, okay. <laughs> well, how, Sean, do they, you might... how do they compare against the, uh, the Mazda, the AZ1, Sean, the two of them? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the thing about the AZ1 is that, you know, same engine as the Cappuccino, mm -hmm. you, know, en you know, engines in the back, you got a big glass house and all that stuff. Um, to me, like always a thought is the price. I can get a cappuccino for like half the price of an AZ1. Oh, okay. really? Oh, and so, wait, wait, you know, hey, Sean, how much is that? How much to someone, 10, for someone to buy a cappuccino, 10, 10, how much would it cost them here about? 10, 10 11. 10, 11,000 bucks? That's it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. We, we have one right now. I mean, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. Well, you know, I, saw, really... I saw Mazda. I saw AZ1 in your uh, at, in your Cypress shop, I think. Before, I we don't have one right now, but, oh, okay. but, you know, and those ones are, those are 18, 19, 20 for ones that aren't that great. Wow. Okay. wow, that's good. And, and, how, and, and how much does it cost yeah. extra to get them certified in California? Uh, California on one of those cars, the lab charges us four. Four grand. Four thousand. Four thousand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, but so I, I mean the you know again you know I like the AZ ones are cool. I mean because of the doors, but also yep. a little yeah. problematic because of those things. Okay. Cool. And, and so you know, um, the AC is not that great. Okay. <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. uh they got a big glass house and it's like there's a lot of to me like the mid-engine side of it is cool but the cappuccino is such a little you know so the cappuccino the the roof comes off it's a t-top and then the rear section you know where the roll roll bar is basically roll bar section where the mm -hmm. rear glass is folds into the back it becomes like a complete open top car mm -hmm. and you know they weigh 1500 pounds so um, I weighed one on our scale, 1,500 pounds, and the same there, whatever, 63 horsepower. It is every single piece of 63 horsepower. Every single piece. <laughs> you know what, you know like, what Sean? You know yeah. what, Sean? One of the cars that I would love to see, and it's a Suzuki, is that Jimny. 
the Jimny would be really, really cool out here. The, you know? the new I mean, ones, right? Huh? The, the new, yeah, the, the new, new ones, ones, the new ones, yeah. the new ones are like they look like little jeeps. They're awesome. But anyways, I'm getting, I'm getting off Fijero track. Mini? Fijero, Mini? Fijero Mini, Fijero you know Mini, Fijero Mini, the Jero Mini, Fijero Mini, oh Pajero Mini, yeah, 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 yeah. Pajero Mini, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got so some out in Vegas. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, you do. Oh, yeah, those are. Those well, are. anyways, speaking of um, Japanese cars again, I'm going back, to, or I'm staying on the Japanese car thing. You know, a few months ago, I don't know if you know this, Sean, but uh, James and Taro do because we reported it. Uh, more than a few months ago, that we uh, we were the f we were uh, talking about a Mazda's uh, uh, upscale premium coupe that they're working on, rear-wheel drive with a, a pretty pretty new robust engine in there, and uh, gosh, everyone was talking about it on the social media a couple weeks ago. So I think we were the first to uh, break that here, and we are finding out that. Uh, Subaru, the next Subaru WRX uh, STI, there it is. Uh, and they're coming, to, they're planning to come out with a new one. And, you know, the Impreza name has been dropped for a while now. And uh, it will no longer be um, 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 powered by the EJ engine, you know, the flat, uh, the, the flat, um, uh, the flat four turbocharged flat four engine that's okay. always been in the Jap Japan model one. And instead, we hear that it will come with a turbocharged version of the FA24, which is already in some of uh, Subaru's crossovers. Now, this new flat four engine will, is going to be thoroughly reworked for the STI. And the, you know, where they're going to re redo the pistons. They said the crankshaft, crankshaft turbo boost is going to be turned up. And they said it is going to come out with 400 horsepower and 360 pound-feet of torque, which is like 100 horsepower more than the current WRX STI, um, which is pretty impressive at 300 horsepower. But uh, you could probably expect the price to go up too, but that's about all we know about this car. We don't know the price, but we know it's going to come in with the new FA, FA engine. They have an FA20 and FA24. This will be the FA24 engine. And uh, we, we will see this car. How do you get your head off the screen? I want to see the car. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, well, I, I got the, here's the here's the engine. Uh, that's good. I I like the engine. Yeah, that's the FA. I'm gonna. Uh, I I can't see right now. Where am I? Uh, hold on. Let me get back to the car. Oh, okay. Here, I'll, I'll move over. There, there you go. go. There you go. Yeah. So that's the. Sorry about that. So that's that's the next Subaru STI. So they are upping their game. Um, and this is good to see because you know Mitsubishi and you know remember when they had the Evo and the WRX, they were kind of racing each other. And you know competition breeds you know breeds breeds good success. Mm -hmm. And you know this STI really hasn't had competition for a while, but yet they're still bringing it. You know they're bringing the 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 car still out there. They're you know it's still selling well. It's one of their you know icons and they're. Um, and they're imp improving it. So while everyone else is going towards whatchamacallit, um, uh, um, electric and all that, you know, they're keeping with the uh, turbocharged engine, uh, gasoline engine, and we hear that 400 horsepower engine may be going into the Toyota 86 because of, you know, the co collaboration between Toyota and Subaru with the 86. That would, be a, that would be a weird place. What would be a weird place? Because if you had a 400 horsepower 86 and the Super makes three. 55 or 386 or whatever now so 
That would be a weird place, but that would be a nice weird place. Yeah, who knows? It, they, you know, it, it, they might take the turbo turbocharger out of it, and it'll still be about 250 to you know 280 horsepower. You know, I, right. I could see them doing that because if they put the turbocharger in there, like you said, it'll start you know bumping into the Supra, and the price will go way up too. So, right. so anyways, that's what we hear. Turbo. Aftermarket turbo. Aftermarket turbo. Hey, James, you are a, uh, being a Brit where the WRC is very popular. You've had some, you know, fantastic drivers driving the WRC. Richard Burns, one of them, a British person, RIP to him. Are you a Subaru guy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Colin McRae, obviously being a Subaru guy. another RIP. And Richard Burns. I mean, yeah, so some great drivers that have come through there. And then the there was obviously my back in the day when I would, would really watch the WRC religiously is when we had the famous battles between Ford, um, right. Toyo, uh, Ford, Toyota, um, and then obviously Subaru and Mitsubishi, the big years there when they'd have the, the Evo the versus... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's really good. And then obviously Subaru had the British drives in there with McRae and Burns and gave us our first world rally champion, which is mm -hmm. obviously Colin McRae. And then Richard Burns came up from behind there as protege, so to speak. So, I mean, yeah, it's good to see those cars and the history behind it, the WRC especially. You know, now that you mentioned those drivers in the back in the heyday, Tommy Mackinan and, you know, there's just a Carlos Sainz. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it, it was a nice time to be a WRC fan, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you had like U.R. Kankinen, Didier Aureo, uh, Marcus Gronholm. I mean, Grunholm, lots of great Grunholm. drivers, lots yeah. of exceptionally gifted drivers there. Fantastic. Yeah, and they were the funnest races to watch because – you never know when they were going to go off. I mean, they were always, they weren't, they were almost <laughs> never going straight. They were, they were, they were sliding almost all yeah. the time. So it was yeah, awesome. I mean, it's still, it's still that with the WRC now. I mean, it's still the fastest, the best racing, I will say that, and the fastest racing you can see when you're watching it. it I mean, is. they're so it quick, is. so quick. Just so not James, popular in the U.S. <clears throat> say again? Never just popular not, in the U.S. It's not very popular. It's too bad. I know. I, I yeah. just, I, I don't know. You know, it's, I it's, love you know, stage well, rally. That's we like, Americans, like, we just, we don't know what's good for us. So, yeah, it's like, anyways, James, like what, what words of wisdoms do you have to share with us this month? Oh, well, I guess the first one, but the big news that dropped last night is the uh, no car week this week, this year, because yeah. Pebble Beach canceled last night. Oh, they canceled? Yes. Yeah. So Pebble Ooh. Beach is canceled. So everything else is probably going to. Uh, step away from that. Obviously, Governor Newsom here in California said there was going to be no large gatherings of people. Uh, so that sort of, I think, was probably the first, uh, would say, thing that would draw a red flag around that. But I think also, obviously, with the shutting down of all the logistics on the global scale and the flights and whatnot, making it difficult for people to get cars in and out, I think yeah. was probably the next thing to go there rather than the, the logistics behind the scenes, rather than thinking of the, the people that's coming to play there. So that's obviously a real shame. But uh, as, my, as I was talking to my father about it, he said, well, it's James, and it's a good thing because if I can't go to it this year, I don't want anyone to go to it. So he thinks that's a fair <laughs> result. I love Nigel's thinking. Nigel's spot bastard. on. Damn. <laughs> I just, if no one could have it, if I can't have it, no one else can either. Exactly, I exactly. Like so like so that was, I, I guess that's the main news to come out of that. And so we'll see, which is also really good because I didn't book my house yet for... Uh, Pebble. So, um, oh, was, I was I, I was planning on going too to hang out and party with you over there. In your I know, and I, I didn't all show on up. the on the cliff edge. <laughs> I know, right there. I've got that small space. But I, I thought I know that's your house, Sam. You and your island money that you've got back there. Yeah. <laughs> but then I guess what I was going to say that uh, the next thing I was going to talk about was uh, 
maybe the, the F1 2020 video game that's going to be coming out. So the, the F1 game, as I'm going to pull up here so I can share my screen. Uh, one moment as I come Everybody's back. Uh, spending time online anyway and playing video games, I know, games, playing, right? playing the video games now. So this one, we've got the F1 2020. So hopefully you can see that on my screen there, the I Ferrari. So what is what is the funniest thing about this is this game gets released in July 10th, which might even before the first Formula One race of 2020 <laughs> happens. So... Uh, the esports drivers and just casual video game players will be playing this game ahead of actually seeing any of these cars hit the racetrack. They'll be driving these cars before the drivers do on the racetrack. Or exactly. Well, I think that I think they've done a little bit of practicing in them, Sam, before the, the bar. Exactly. Yes, yeah. because you say. But I think it's always competitively, even when they're practicing. But yes. Yeah, so. Um, why, why, why do you, why, why, why must you just keep cut, trying to cut down my work? <laughs> you know I, what I meant. I do know what you mean. And then obviously we've been talking a lot about the esports racing and I've just left it on the Ferrari here with, with Charles Leclerc seemingly being the man to be when it comes to F1 racing. Mm -hmm. um, I think in real life too, or is it still Lewis's world in the real life? Well, I think, I think you and I differ, and maybe Taro and Sean have other thoughts, but I think that's in real life, I think Lewis is going to be difficult to beat, but it seems like on the I think so, racing, too. The guy, is, the, guy is, the guy is crazy. He's, he's a freak. He is. Yeah. So as I'm, I've got to give my props out to my friends over at Codemasters there, because they might even, you know what, Sam? They might even give me a copy of the game to demo. So I'm just saying it's counting down the days, Sam, till I need that PlayStation 4 from you. So just remember... July 10th is when it gets launched on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Oh, can you so mute James? Do you have the power to do that over there from your? No, no one can mute James. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> but, especially, uh, so, on, yeah, so... especially on the Gran Turismo. Oh, God. Uh, when he brings it up, just mute him, please. I'm, I'm just, look, uh, Taro and Sam, damn, it's going to be much easier when you get me that PlayStation 4. Oh, mute, be, mute, it'll, mute. it'll just be all nice just, things you'll be hearing from me. Just get it for him so he'll shut up. <laughs> well, I got uh, I got I to I set him up with Taku, so. <laughs> don't, I was um, going to say, don't you know those guys? Come on. Yeah, exactly. but I can't get a free one. My Hook goodness, like James Hook is overestimating my pool here. Well, <laughs> and I don't then, know about that. Oh, come on, Sean. Just, 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 just chill with Play me along here. with you? Okay, I'll play along yeah, exactly. with you. Exactly. I, I, I will say that you probably may have a hard time getting one if you asked, but maybe. Maybe. That's uh, I, I don't know right how that's I see even, okay, even that's, Sean supporting me, Sam. <laughs> look, it's, it's, three, it's two against one here, Sam. I mean, look, you've got to go with it. Okay, so the guests are saying you've got to live up to your deal. You've got to live up to the deal. At James, what, what else do you have? <laughs> oh, well, I guess Ooh, if that's moving the case, along. Then, moving along. Uh, my review for this episode. So I'm going to go pull up what I had to review. So this, I will say, is what I had to review which was the, the Audi Q3 nice. S line. Um, in the words of my uh, wife, she said this was the best car that I've ever had the load of. This was her favorite car. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she was... Wait, wait, that's, that's including the uh, Ram? Including everything. She thought wow. it was better than the Ram. She, this is, there, to be fair, I think that if she was driving the Ram, she would find it a little bit big. Oh, okay. And it is, to be fair, it is quite a large vehicle. So this yeah. one, she really, really liked that this was adequately sized. It was nice to be running around town in. You, as it's a crossover, you sit a little bit up, which people like to do these days, had great visibility in it. And one of the other things that she really liked about it was the interior. 
Audis make wonderful interiors. They that's always a nice, have. It's so. a nice looking car. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a two liter, eight speed. Um, not obviously the most exciting, but putting it in dynamic mode, it was it was nice to to roll around town in. Um, not particularly the, the the quickest, but then again, as as you know, that being a crossover, it's not looking that way. But hopefully. I can talk a little bit more about the the peppiness of them when I get into the R uh, what is it the uh, the R series SUVs a little later this year, but um, I mean it was fun and, and she was like real into it. For this one, they start I think around thirty six. The one that we had tested came in at just shy of forty five thousand. Um, it came in this blue color as you can see. Um, this isn't, wasn't the one that I particularly drove because, as you'll see, it's got some European number plates on. But, yeah, uh, we I can did tell have that one. that's not one of your photos. No, it's not. <laughs> I, you, you prefer my photos, I know, Sam. I, I but, do, uh, I do. Especially with those road and track tips that you gave me over I time. <laughs> um, what we did, another thing that we liked about the interior was the LEDs, and you get to change the color of the LEDs inside. So that's kind oh, of that's fun cool. to play around with. Okay. And did uh, it, does this car have enough cup holders for you? It does. It does. Obviously, not enough in particular for me. I'm, I verge on the more of the Dodge Ram side of the business, the Ram cup holders. Which is what, I think 47 cup holders? I, I think we counted 12, 12 cup 12. holders for five individuals. So, you know, that's, that's like the right amount, basically. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like I said, the wife thought this was the best car that I've had to test. She was really into it. 45000 I think it's a very good price point. I thought it was a good car. One funny thing that I learned about it was that it's uh, mostly built in Hungary. Oh, wow. So there you go. That's Which a is... really pretty car. Yeah. And you had yeah. this car for a week? Yeah, I had a week uh, toodling around, only doing necessary errands in it though tara which meant just going to and from the store you don't you have to cover your you, you don't have to cover your butt james everyone knows that how about the grocery store they're like is the does the back have enough um you know space to yeah yeah, yeah it was adequate to be yeah it was so uh, seats pushed down so it can lay flat at the back there so it was a real good size it was comfortable enough to fit everything you needed to put in there for, for i will it, say it, for, it's like bmw x1 nissan rogue rav4 size correct Yes, Q3, I'd say yeah. oh, okay. more in the, the X1 size X1 rather size? than cost the price point can see yeah. the other two. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So and no, that's I, it from you, I really James? did like it. That's covering all my things, Sam. You know me. Uh, I like to be nice and, and easy. You no, know, you're very efficient. Now, Taro, is there a reason why you have a hako behind you? Which, what's, what's up with your background? Is there oh, you talking is, about that? No, no. What, or I, what, just, I just what, want. What, what do you have for us? I just this, want this car. Okay, what do you have for us this week? And Sean. Is your, is your segment Sean. done with Sean? Yeah, I had Sean. Oh, no, that doesn't count. You have to have some car or something. Oh, I don't have anything. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't prep anything. Oh, Sean, before you go, though, then I'll, hey. I'll, ask, the, I'll ask the questions for Tara. It's nice to be president. What, what are some of the cars that you find the most unusual requests that you've had when they've come Ooh, through question. on the 25-year rule? I mean, people people looking for for stuff. I mean, yeah, they're actually people... not rather the looking. I will say where they've actually parted with the money because obviously you've got a lot of people with big checkbooks, but ones that'll actually come to write that check when they've called in and said, "This is the one that no, I really want you to get for me." I, I, I'll tell you the truth: people have little imagination. Okay, that's it. So, <laughs> so, so they buy what they see, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I have is what they usually buy. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, um, I've, 
like as far as special requests go and things, um, there's really not that much that's out of the ordinary. There really isn't. I mean, okay. it's almost always when, when, when people are coming and talking to us, they really want, you know, they really want what we have. They it's, it's, uh, it's weird. It's, I'd say, like I said, a little weird, but it's people R32 GTR. That's it. That's the one that, Sean, that R32 oh. behind you. Is that Sean, that R32 behind you? Is that That's your my daily car. driver? Yeah. No, I mean, not a daily. I mean, I, I have a, a Infinity FX. I have like three Infinity FX 35. Um, you have three I, of them? Why do you have three of them? Why not? That's just okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> there's a gold one there. And then and then if I open the garage, you'll see my, uh, I have a um, dark gum metal and then I have a silver one. I mean, anyway, you, like the, um, you like the FX30 so much, you wanted them three different colors. Is that it? They're just, um, they well, are cool. I, I do like them because, you know, I mean, they look like. They're relatively cheap and they have futuristic. a VQ, they have a, a VQ35 in it. And, um, Boy, um, the, the suspension is tuned way too stiff for my taste, but you like that, right? stiff. it depends on what, depends on what, uh, what tires on it. If it's on the 20, it's on the 18. So, um, I think I drove the one on the 18s with, but the one with the V8, the FX, uh, FX 45 with, with the yeah. 20s ride pretty hard. Cause I yeah, had, it, were, it was, so, so it rides pretty, but the 35 is the 35 with the 18 is all right. So, okay. um, show, but us my the, R30, uh, show us the R32, this R32 here, which, um, let's see, I can turn around. Oh, I'm getting seasick. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> so this one is, I call it the blue car. So uh, I bought I, it. I wonder was, why. I, I, right. You got to so, get a little more creative with your name names there. No, man. You know, sometimes you just have to, um, you know, you just have to, uh, uh, you know, get whatever you're going to get. So um, <laughs> th this car, I originally purchased it to sell. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had, a, I have a Nismo also a Nismo R32 GTR. And so, um, I started to build the Nismo. I needed a car to take to the track. And so then I've taken this to ours day three or four times now, I think. So I've been using it as my track car, my demo car. It's got like, you know, it's got like Nismo R tune suspension. It's got ARC twin entry intercooler. It's got, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's called gold BBS, uh, um, uh, wheels 1810 with uh bridgestone potenza re71r all the way around it's got rainbow brakes it's got you know some other stuff in here it's got uh nismo seats and uh you know a bunch of other things but i, I mean i use it as my track car so um you know uh but i'm actually getting ready to sell it so um i really have not that much attachment to this one so, um, and I have a Nismo. My Nismo is my, my baby. So I have Nismo number 500. So that's, that's, that's my actual, mm -hmm. this one, like I said, we'll, we'll sell it here eventually. I just have to decide how much of this like really cool parts that I have on it that I want to keep on or I want to take off. So. God, I'd love to see you get the 400 R. Do you remember that? I think that was on the R33. Yeah. Four. Yeah. There's, there's, so for the 400 R there's, there's only 44 cars. Yeah. I, I was and and they're, you that. know, they're around a hundred thousand dollars each. In Japan? So, yeah. Wow. So, but I think that's kind of what I'm not surprised. I mean, that thing was a, it was 400 you know, horsepower. I mean, that thing was a, yeah, it's, it's just, so, you know, so this is the reason I'm getting rid of this is because I have the R33. So, you know, like I, I already have, I actually have <laughs> of my own, this is separate from 
top rank. And I mean, I have three R32s of my own right now. So okay. this is one of the three that I have. And so the, the nice part, at least for me, is that the R33 is actually owned by the company. So, mm. you know, I mean, uh, depending on exactly how you know you do your taxes and your bills and your profit and losses, um, sometimes that makes some nice sense. So the R33 is owned by the company. And um, uh, like I said, this is mine. So. Your personal All right. Show. So before we go, let me ask a last question. Uh, and Sean, you can answer this too, but let's go with Taro first. Taro, R32, R33, R34. Uh, you can't, you, you, you could have any of them at the same price, but you can't sell it. So, you know, you got to live with it. So yeah, R32, R33, R34. Well, I can't, I can't drive an R34 right now. I live in Los Angeles. No, no, no. Let's I'm just say saying could. in a hypothetical world. Oh, if I could. Yeah. Oh. What's your favorite, what's your favorite skyline out of the R32, 33, 34? Uh, I have, that's a hard one. I like the R34. Um, but I, I would be willing to uh, purchase an R32, though. Okay, just, not just purchases. Because. Which one's your favorite Skyline? R32, 33, 34? R34. 34? Yeah. James? R32. 32. All right, Sean? R32 is the only car. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> Taro, second, second uh, follow-up questions. If you could have then the R34 or mm -hmm. the R35. Oh, it's not even a choice. R34. For, okay. For James. R32. 32. Sean. <laughs> to what? To drive or to just hang just out? Just to have. But yeah, you, 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 why would you, you're, you're not an R35 guy. So you're an R32. Okay. I don't mind the R, I don't mind the R35. I think it's fine. I think it's a, it's a lot of car. They're, it they're, is. They're, it's it's a, they're, one of the fastest cars in the world. So. Right. I mean, yeah. they're, you know, I mean, we, we've had a couple and I mean, you've got a, you know, I mean, even a oh, 180 fast. horsepower version, a 2009 version, man, you're not, if you're not pointed in the right direction when you get on it, I mean, oh, you know, I know, it, I know. I tested you know, it, pulls but... everything up towards you. So. Uh, how about but you, Sam? How about uh, you, Sam? Oh, Sam, I, you? I think I'm with you. I, I was always an R32 guy, but you know, the more I drove the R34, the more I loved it. So yeah, I'm an R34 guy. And yeah, oh, I would uh, over the R35 too. And you know, like R32, 33 and 34, they have that mystique about them, right? That, that yeah, just because you can't get about them because yeah, yeah. they weren't marketed, you know, yeah. here and everything. Right. So, okay, um, uh, let's see. I guess that kind of wraps it up. We've been going an hour and a half. So, um, uh, Sean, uh, tell us doing, where we Sean? can find you. Tell us. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Sean, give us. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do we get? How do we get a hold of you if we? How do we find you? It's we want top rank. Top rank importers. Importervehicle.com. Eight four four. Go Nissan. Ni Nissan San. <laughs> you might Got want it? to do that in English just for our English listeners. 844-523-2233. Oh, you got oh. Nissan in there. And okay. you guys are on social media, obviously, on Instagram. We are, you know, Top everywhere. Rank Importers, Facebook. Facebook, the Google. You can find us everywhere. I mean, <laughs> oh. Imported Vehicle, we're, you know, there's YouTube. You've followed Sean, you know, we're, we're everywhere. So. Okay, James, any parting remarks? No, just looking forward to seeing everyone come check me out at nobreaking, uh, nobreaking.com. They can obviously find the latest article on the Audi is already up on GD channel. Um, and then, so yeah, next, looking forward to our next one. We've got to cover more stuff next time. Awesome. Tarl. GT channel. Uh, we did a couple videos with Sean and the gang. So check those videos out. How to buy a GTR in Japan. 
Um, how, how to drive a GTR. Yeah, with Dustin Williams. Shout out to Dustin. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, next, uh, bless you, Sam. Sorry. Um, me. Next week, actually, we're, we're uh, our um, other uh, contributor, Justin Kaler. He's going to be visiting Top Rank to uh, test drive the uh, Evo 2, I think, I believe, right? So, yeah, we have an Evo one, we have Evo twos. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So he's going to do a, a, a JDM uh, car review next week. At awesome. Top awesome. Yeah. And then for me, I guess uh, just samatani.com uh, slash blog. If you want to read the chapters, um, there's going to be people's names in there. You might, um, I can't use the names for straight right out because, you know, I don't want, my friends angry at me, so you might recognize some people in there. But uh, and you could get find the site on on the GT Channel features um, uh, page because there's some blogs. Yeah, gtchannel.com. So, anyways, hey, it was a great show. Thank you again, Sean, for joining well, us, and thanks, we will, Sean. I'm sure, Everybody. see you in the near future. So, yeah. everyone, um, stay safe, uh, stay strong, wash your hands, and speed to everyone. All right, see you later. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.